Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Glasgow Museum's podcast. I'm your host Harry Dunlop and today we're coming to you from the Gallery of Modern Art where I'm joined today by some of this venue's front of house team. So folks, can you introduce yourselves first of all? Hello Harry, uh, my name's Chris, I'm a gallery assistant here at POMA. Uh, I'm Joan, I work as a gallery assistant in Ailey and a stand-in supervisor. So you're a bit of everything really? Yes, a bit of everything. I'm Jackie and I'm the assistant programme officer, but I'm just going to say in brackets museum supervisor, people can remember that better. <laughs> Thanks. So can Chris, if I can just come to you first, can you explain um, to our listeners what the role of a gallery assistant is and what your typical day would involve? Yes, um, well, we're the uh, first people that um, the visitors see when they uh, come into the gallery. So it's, it's our job to help the visitors to enjoy, enjoy their visit and tell them a little bit about the artworks on display. And Jackie, if I can just come to you, what does your day involve? What kind of activities are involved in your um, average day, or do you not have an average day? <laughs> yeah, Harry, um, usually when I come in, like one day can be so different from the next because um, I've just noticed this morning that I'm on a beat again, so that means we're obviously short-staffed. But it can, you know, um, you can be dealing with anything, like from dealing with a customer complaint, um, you could be dealing with, we sometimes have problems in the toilets downstairs, so you could be dealing with... Um, yeah, an incident in the toilets, or I'm reporting maintenance, or sometimes you get called down to the library as well if they've not got a manager on duty. It varies, Harry. It, it can be so one day is not the same as the next. So you could suddenly find yourself, Jackie, doing five things at the same time. You, you try. I do try, but <laughs> <laughs> can you always manage that? So if I can just go back to you, Chris. Um, you've been here for quite some time. Um, how do you think Goma, because that's what we call, but that's what we call Goma, that's just for right, listeners, yeah. um, the Gallery of Modern Art is yeah. known as Goma. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think Goma has changed through the years? Well, I think it has changed to an extent, although the the uh, the gallery is is still here to sort of present modern art and uh, present. Uh, the, the visitors with a, a discussion about about modern art, um, but where, when the gallery opened, there was quite a, a big a lot of excitement around the city. Uh, before I worked at the gallery, I worked at the McClellan Galleries, and uh, we had big art shows there. We had uh, sometimes other artworks from the Glasgow Museum's collection and it, it was quite exciting when they were talking about a gallery of modern art, a permanent home for the for the modern art collections of Glasgow. Nowadays we have more temporary exhibitions with uh, up-and-coming artists um, and uh, <coughs> artworks that have been purchased for, for the collection since it opened 
So uh, I think it has changed quite a bit, but the basic idea of the galleries is still the same. That's wonderful. Thanks very much. If I can just turn to you, Joan, um, and ask you, and I know, I know this is quite a, a wide-sweeping question, um, what do you enjoy most about working here? What do you enjoy most about your job, your front, the front of house part of your job? Um, well, like for me personally, like you learn so much about art. So, like, and your opinion changes about an artwork depends on the exhibition that it's based on because of the different themes. So you're always learning about the artwork. And I think for me as well, um, when it comes to contemporary art, a lot of people come into the gallery and they don't have any background in it. A lot of the time they don't understand the exhibitions. So being front of house, you're there to explain the relevance or what the themes are and things like that. So, for instance, the drawing show downstairs in Gallery 3, I was able to like point out things to a visitor the other day and they were like, oh, I never noticed that before and I didn't understand that before and this has made me understand the whole exhibition. So I think for me it's like getting visitors who first of all come in and go, what is this? To going, oh, I now see this, this is brilliant, this is amazing. And understanding the work better. Have there been any exhibitions or displays that have been quite challenging to communicate to the public? Or yes. that the public have found, <laughs> is there any particular um, exhibition that has been a challenge? Yes, like so Carla Black, we had that, that was downstairs in Gallery 1 and basically the description of it was a giant tiramisu, so it was basically like layers and layers and layers of sawdust. I think it was like something like, was it 18 tonnes of sawdust or something like that, I think. Um, So that was challenging to invigilate because basically you usually only have one gallery assistant in a gallery but we ended up with like eight because basically people were touching it. (laughs) So that's the main thing, eh, is basically trying to preserve an artwork because people do want to touch, but obviously that can damage an artwork (laughs) and people don't understand that. They don't understand that their oils in their hands can obviously affect the work basically. But yeah, I think that was probably the most challenging or Jim Lambie, his one was quite challenging because it was the floor was completely covered and it was basically quite psychedelic, so it was kind of like, and then because of the nature of that exhibition, people were looking up at the ceiling, and so we had a lot of people falling over the concrete blocks that had a, what do you call it, vinyl in it. So that was another exhibition where we ended up with one staff member and we ended up with four in the gallery space because we had to tell people to like watch where they were going, basically. And Jackie, if I can just turn to you, is there any particular exhibition that you've really, really enjoyed working on? You have such, you have great memories of working with. I really liked, are you, you mean in Goma in general? Yes. Goma, right, for Goma, I did like, as Joan was saying about the Jim Lambie, I really thought that exhibition was great. Um, I loved the floor, it was black and white, it was like a zebra. But as Joan says, it was challenging because the people never noticed these boulders on the floor and we had quite a few accidents and then health and safety came in and that's when we had to put more gallery assistants mainly strategically placed at the boulders to make sure nobody had a, a trip but I really liked him as well I really liked him. Jim Lambie was lovely he was so down to earth so was his crew um, and nothing seemed to phase him well that's very interesting for our listeners because I, I'm sure that you must therefore come into contact uh, with living artists um, installationists, whatever. Um, Chris, is there any particular um, artist that has really impressed you? If, if you've met them if personally? I, well, yeah, I, 
one of the good things about uh, working here is that you do get to meet some quite famous artists. So I've met uh, Barbara Kruger, uh, Nikki de Sanfal, Peter Housen, and Henri Cartier-Bresson. So um, it, it, it always gives you a bit of a thrill to sort of uh, meet these sort of quite icons. Well, of well that's really interesting because, of course, Nikki de Sanfal has, has passed away, of course. Yeah. But... Um, some of our um, listeners will know uh, that outside we actually have um, some of Nikki's work on display yes. outside the building. Could you yes, just describe that's that? Right. Yes, it's it's the Glasgow coat of arms. Uh, when people approach the gallery from Ingram Street, if they look up, they'll see a very colourful mosaic type thing of the uh, the Glasgow legend of the bird, the fish, the tree, the, uh, I think there's something else as well, um, and that's done by Nikki de Sanfal in her signature style, so it's it's quite uh, quite good for, it brings a, the kind of international art uh, into Glasgow, and yeah. If I can just turn to you, Joan, as I have you... Um, come across any artist or in fact any famous person who's perhaps come into the gallery? See, I'm rubbish with that. Chris is better with that question. Um, I'm but not actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you, do you not met Kanye Reeves? Yes, but uh, I didn't know who he was when I met him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was a very nice, nice, nice person and someone told me, oh, he's a famous film star, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that, but... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think um, we had, did we not have, like, with the Jim Lambie exhibition again, with the half chairs, did we not have, like, a celebrity come in and try and sit on half of the chair as well? I don't remember that one. Somebody told me that. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think you're right, Joan, yeah. but I can't remember who it was. Yeah. I don't think we'll name names. <laughs> <laughs> we had to obviously say to them, please don't do that. <laughs> so, what about yourself, Jackie? Is there any particular. Um, artists you've met or any particular um, individual objects that you've found, found quite challenging? Um, so Alison Watt was challenging um, because people didn't, as Joan was saying earlier, people didn't realise it was made of sawdust and it was actually, when people were touching it, parts of the sawdust were caving, caving in. Um, that was so that Carla was Black. Um, so yeah, that was challenging from uh, manning it, manning it, yeah. and for the front of house team, um, you know, and had to rotate them as well so that they weren't stuck at the one side of it. <laughs> we had to move them round to give them a wee bit of variety. So that was fairly challenging for the for the whole team, really. Um, Joan, is there any particular object that has really made you smile being here, or even made you laugh? Is there any? objects that you're drawn to because it makes you laugh? I think whenever I first started we, have an, we had an exhibition and there was like the there was a sculpture made of cigarettes I quite liked that piece, that was quite glass uh, and then there was also the trampoline that was made out of glass <laughs> so it was one of those things that like people would come in and they would automatically want to kind of like you know jump on it kind of thing but it was like obviously you couldn't because it's made of glass but basically it's that whole aspect of that 
think that's probably one of the ones that I quite liked and enjoyed. What about yourself, Chris? Well, we, we had at the entrance um, a, a, a sculpture of the Queen. Oh, I remember that. Holding it as if she'd just got up and she was just collecting the morning papers from the front door. So she was holding a milk bottle and uh, there's a cigarette dangling out of her mouth. So and it she was had kind her slippers of, on, didn't she? She had her slippers that? on, yes, yes. So that that's quite... Uh, that that was quite amusing, really, because it's um, it, and also it's right next to the plaque on the floor saying saying uh, the gallery was actually opened by the Queen. Um, but yeah, that that sort of made people smile. It, it's it's it, it's quite a sort of humorous sort of. Introduction to the gallery. Is there any evidence, Jackie, that the Queen knows about the sculpture and has seen the sculpture or has reacted to the sculpture? Not as far as I'm aware. I think I if she did, she'd, <laughs> she'd see she'd the smile. funny side. Yes. Hopefully she would. <laughs> so, um, soon it will be Museum Secrets Day, and as part of Museums Week, um, we're looking to find out any secret facts about museums. So thinking about Goma, is there anything maybe behind the scenes or a fact or a site um, that the public don't get to see that you can maybe share with us, Joan? Yeah, there's the tower room, which is based upstairs in the studio, uh-huh. and that leads up to the, um, the clock tower, and also there's a bell in there. But the tower room also has wallpaper from Timorous Beasties, so they're West End, um, they're in the West End basically, but they do this amusing wallpaper, so like that's in there that people don't really get to see because it's just not... Sorry, you said that there's an actual bell in the tower, has the yeah, bell ever been no, rung? Yes, it has. So there was part of like, the whole of Glasgow were ringing their bells at a certain time, and I think the early at the time was Anna Henderson, so she went up and was ringing the bell, I think it was like 8 o'clock at night or something like that. But Gosh. They had that, but yes, so there's a bell upstairs and it's bell in the tower. Any museum secrets, Jackie? Um, not for not particularly for Goma. Kelvin Grove when I worked there a long time ago. Share one for Kelvin Grove with us. So <laughs> years ago, allegedly, when you went up the tower room at Kelvin Grove, which we had to do quite often, we used to do key rounds, um, you know, checking that the offices were locked and things like that. There was allegedly meant to be a ghost up, up the tower room. I never seen anything, thank God, because I think I'd be terrified. Um, that is a Kelvin Grove secret. I think Joan gave the sort of, she gave the best Goma secret, which people are not aware of about the bell tower. And I'm also, I'm also correct in thinking that there's part of the building that's actually part of an original uh, mansion um, that's part of, yeah. that's linked to um, one of the, the, the tobacco lords. Uh, well, that's I- right, yes, and uh, this isn't exactly a secret because we've got a whole display on the ah. history of the building now which visitors can look at but it, so it's um, more of a hidden history really that's yes, made more public that's right. yeah um it was owned by thomas cunningham mm-hmm. who was uh, one of the uh, richest merchants in glasgow in the 18th century and uh, like a lot of these merchants they they got their wealth from the plantations in America, tobacco and uh, that kind of thing, uh, rum and stuff. 
and uh, yeah he had his mansion here and then when it became a public building it was extended at the back it was the, the, a bank for 10 years before becoming the Royal Exchange So Jackie just turning to you um, what's coming up in Goma what's, what's coming up for Goma in the future what kind of things are coming on what can our visitors look forward to in the future well though obviously there's going to be a new exhibition in Gallery 1 for you in Atan um, there's obviously going to be some new staff because um, we need some staff so there's going to be some new staff hopefully starting soon um, I'm sure there's going to I'm sorry because uh, a few you know staffing issues have not been at a lot of the programming meetings but there's going to be lots of things you know lots of developments and lots of good ex- great exhibitions and am I right in thinking John that Goma is far from just being a place for people who um, are into contemporary art, modern art. Goma's a place where lots of different kinds of people can enjoy, yeah? Yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. I think, like, especially Gallery 2 is, like, a semi-permanent exhibition It's like, called Taste, and it's about how taste has changed over the sort of centuries. So, for instance, people like um, Beryl Cook, who used to be on display very often, is now kind of fallen out of favour, but that's back hiding place in Gallery 2. So yeah, so it's about kind of like how it's all developed. But yeah, no, definitely there's always something for everyone. I think at the end of the day, art is very much a personal experience. So it's all about personal taste. But I think if an artwork gets a reaction out of you, it's doing its job. So whether it be positive or negative, then yeah, that that artist has done their work basically, I think. The learning assistants as well have been putting on some fantastic workshops, which are free. Things yeah. like the Saturday Art yeah. Club has That's been good. running for Is that 20 years now. 20 years yeah. now. Yeah, so. yeah, you get all the kids that you know and stuff like that and come in and they'll be like, oh, hi. They're all grown up. Yeah, well, no, well, even just like whenever I'm in as an LA and whenever I'm in as a gallery assistant, they still come and find me in the galleries and show me what they've done, which is quite nice because yeah. it's just like, oh, well done, Amelia. That's brilliant. Happy days, kind of thing. But yeah, so it is, it's nice. I think some of the Saturday Art Club kids have even come back to volunteer as well. Which That's is Oh wonderful. yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, they've come back, they've attended the workshops and then they've come back yeah, definitely. in latter years to volunteer. So you have a pool of volunteers here, here at Goma as well? Yeah, no, we do. She we actually works in the shop now. Yeah, she's also a gallery assistant as well. Yeah, no, we've got a wide range of volunteers. So we get volunteers that help out at the Saturday Art Club. But then we also have volunteers that um, do guided tours of the gallery as well. And then we have, um, sort of, yeah, we've got a wide range of volunteers basically that come in and help out basically. But, yeah. Well, folks, that's all we have time for today. Um, can I just thank our guests for um, sharing their time with us. And for everyone, remember to check us out on our social media channels if you haven't done so already. Um, you can use the hashtag GM Podcast to keep this conversation going. And also, if you like what you've heard today, you can follow us right here on SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, I'm Harry Dunlop, and this has been Glasgow Museum's podcast. Thank you for listening.